You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Men slap labels on people and pretend like just because they gave them the title that they're worthy of the call that they're worthy of the position, but God's looking for people who'll pay the price when they're a nobody, who'll pay the price when nobody knows who they are, amen, who'll pay the price not for fame and fortune and popularity, but because it's the right thing to do. And then when you humble yourself before the almighty hand of God, in due time Christ will exalt thee. Sometimes when we see someone with a highly valued title, we can think of ourselves less. In today's message, Pastor Gary says that our fame doesn't come from our title, but from God. When we run at the world for our own gain, we're bound to feel troubled and down. But when we go after people for the gospel, we have a purpose. Next time you're feeling like you're less than someone, remember that your value is in the name of Jesus. It is because of Jesus you can stand and be confident in who you are. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23 as he continues his message, Where Are God's Mighty Men? And I've seen too many churches dry up on the vine and die because there were no mighty men to address the enemies, the issues of the enemy that were planted in their camp. Just sweep that one under the rug. I don't want to offend. Meantime, the Holy Ghost is offended every week as we ignore sin in the camp. Amen. And as we ignore issues that the Bible has raised since it was written, and we pretend like, oh, I've never heard that before. That's your own fault. You never read the Bible. Amen. And you never listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you read your Bible and let the Holy Spirit talk to you, He'll say some of the same things you have been saying to me. Amen. It's the same Bible. And this uh, mighty man was a man of defense. He refused to lose gained ground. He refused to lose gained ground. Ground. If God puts something on your heart to do for Him and for you to start a ministry and you begin to lay the foundation for that ministry, then all hell comes up against it. If you've gained any ground, fight to keep it because the war is not over. It's just begun. Church, think not strange concerning any fiery trial which might be sent to try us as though some strange things happened to us because we started reaching out to the community and doing things that we've never done before. Let's not lose ground over the battle. Let's not get timid and shy and back off because the heat's too strong or the cost is too great, but let's pray that God will raise up some mighty people in our camp. Amen. Uh, look at verses 18 and 19. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Jeriah, was chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them and had the name among three. Now watch this. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain, howbeit he attained not unto the first three. It's interesting, though, that he did such great works, even though he wasn't part of the first three great mighty men, he was often named among them. 
Meaning, I think it's got a twofold meaning. Other, either people talked about him as if they talked about the other three great men, or these three great men recognized who he was because of the sacrifices he made. Number four, mighty men are honorable. Do you want to know what to be honorable means? To be honorable deals with rank which is given by reputation and respect. I'm going to say that again. I'm giving you some food for thought this morning. It's good to be quiet sometimes. Rank which is given by reputation and respect. This guy did the work before he was ever given the title. This guy earned the respect of the position before the label was slapped on. They say that Henry Ford used to have a slogan that before they put that Ford name on that vehicle at the end of the assembly line, they would inspect it for top quality. And they said the name, that the name would never go on until the quality was put in. And you know what men do? Men slap labels on people and pretend like just because they gave them the title that they're worthy of the call that they're worthy of the position, but God's looking for people who'll pay the price when they're a nobody, who'll pay the price when nobody knows who they are. Amen. Who'll pay the price not for fame and fortune and popularity, but because it's the right thing to do. And then when you humble yourself before the almighty hand of God, in due time, Christ will exalt thee. I've seen people not in this church, but I've seen people doing the, all the work of a deacon that the Bible says to do. Right up until they were given the title. And then all of a sudden something messed with their head and the title made them feel like they needed to start doing things traditionally instead of biblically. So they went from doing the work of a deacon, which is, you know, uh, helping the widows and the orphans and serving the church right all this stuff visiting people things like that to holding business meetings once a month they stopped doing the work that the title actually expected of them that's just one example i've seen preachers serve god wholeheartedly give everything they have to the cause of christ until they're put in the position of a pastor and all of a sudden they got arrogant all of a sudden, they were no longer hungry. And they were no longer humble. And they lost the touch of God because they forgot what it took to get the title to start with. It took character. It took servanthood. It took a reputation. It took respect. And the same thing that gets you the title, the same thing that's going to enable you to keep it. And Can I get an amen? Mighty men live honorably, which means they have the reputation and the respect before they're ever given rank. And I want to say this, I don't believe in putting somebody in a position with a title just to hope that they'll be faithful because they were entrusted to something. They need to prove their faithfulness before they're ever given that position. Because the Bible says faithfulness and the uh, confidence in an unfaithful man, thank you, is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. They'll let you down. Amen. I, I've seen people say, I, boy, preacher, we're moving Right down the road within walking distance to the church. We'll be faithful now. As soon as they moved in, they were just as unfaithful, if not worse, than they were before they had to drive 30 minutes to get there. 
Because faithfulness wasn't in them before they moved, and faithfulness wasn't in them after they moved. Amen. When God puts faithfulness in you, you're in it for the long haul. It don't matter what cost it is. You are committed to the cause of Christ. I appreciate a daddy who drove 45 minutes one way, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for years between the ages of 12 and 18 in my life until I was old enough to have my own job, buy my own car, drive my own way. Hey man, he would drive that three times a week, 45 minutes one way. Why? Because his boys got in on what God was doing and he knew that more than anything else, his boys needed God. Amen. So he paid the price of faithfulness so that we could get in on what God was doing in our life. Now today, people won't drive 10 minutes. If there's a church five minutes away, they'll take that one. The question is not what church is closest to you geographically, but what church is closest to the heart of God. That's the church that God wants you to be a part of. Amen. We got some right in our midst that drive a long way to come, and I thank God for you. And I believe if you would ask them to stand and testify, they would say it's because of what God feeds their soul every time they come. But God's looking for some people who are mighty and honorable, who will pay the price, who will get the reputation and earn the respect, uh, uh, and not even looking for a title, just looking to serve God and make a difference. Mighty men of honor. I got two more. If you can stick with me, say amen. Verse 20, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kebzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. That seems to be the most random verse. <laughs> By the way, he went down into a pit to kill a lion. I think he did it for sport, just because you know how men like to flex their muscles. Oh, yeah. I bet you ain't never went into a pit with a lion and come out alive with the snow on the ground. It sounds like one of them stories you told your kid. I walked, uh, you know, to school 10 miles one way, uh, uphill both ways when I was a kid in the snow, right? I see this man. Yeah, barefoot. I knew I messed it up. Look what he did, though. He killed two lion-like men. That means these guys were intimidating. By the way, the devil always sends intimidating personalities to try to mess up the peace of a church. He does. And you just got to be bold. You just you can't let them get to you. Amen. You just got to stand courageous and stand your ground and let God be God. Amen. And if they say something stupid, ignore them. And if you have to confront them, say that was stupid and then walk off. Amen. But don't let lion-like personalities that ain't filled with the Spirit of God and don't have uh, a touch of God and a love for His people and don't have wisdom from this book ruin your day at church. There's, there's going to be people like that everywhere. You know why? Because light attracts bugs. Amen. There's going to be some crazy folks up from time to time. Some of them's going to, and I've seen this. I've seen uh, lion-like personalities end up in positions of authority simply because they're, uh, they're bullies. And people would rather put them in a position of authority so that they can run the show than to confront them because they don't have the willpower to resist hard-headedness. But this guy, amen, this guy stood up to the lion-like men. 
Amen. This guy stood up to the lion like men. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Number five, no, number six, mighty men are aggressively courageous. Aggressively courageous. It's interesting, notice verse 20, it said he was the son of a valiant man. I want to say this, courage breeds courage. You'll find that if you'll be courageous, other people will back your play. Other people will stand up and be courageous. They're just waiting for a leader. Be a leader, amen. Stand up and stand for God and stand for God's people. Verse 21, he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. That was a bad dude. He didn't let that guy uh, intimidate him. He said, but he had a spear. He was an Egyptian. He was well trained. Well, apparently he wasn't trained enough. I believe this mighty man said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I believe this mighty man stepped right down to the enemy, plucked that thing out of his hand, just like the Bible said, and killed him with his own spear. Because he was aggressively courageous. He wasn't just courageous when the battle was brought to him. He was courageous enough to bring the battle to the devil. And this is where I see most churches today. We're in a defensive posture, not an offensive posture. We wait till the battle's brought to us and then we might stand up. And I say that very weakly. But God, give us some churches that will march right into the very gates of hell. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Where are the churches that will say, where are the drug addicts? Where are the harlots? Let's go find them and witness to them and watch God save their wrecked lives and put them in the choir. Amen. Where are the Christians that will go and find where the homeless people are and start putting food on their table and clothes on their back and love them people where they're hurting instead of waiting on them to find us where we're at. I'm talking about we need an aggressive church that's not afraid of the battle and not afraid of the cost but that'll say I will go where the Lord leads me to go. Amen. It takes some aggressive courage to do this. Courage breeds courage and confidence takes over. Whenever you start operating under the anointing of the Lord confidence will kick in. And God will give you the confidence you need to do the task that's at hand. I got one more. Look at verses 22 and 23. These things did Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and had the name among three mighty men. We're talking about the same guy, but watch your Bible, verse 23. He was more what? Honorable than the 30. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about three. But now we're talking about 30. Well, they're different classes. This one's sandwiched right between them. This one was so honorable that the three top dogs knew who he was. And he was also so honorable that the other 30 aspiring soldiers that wanted to be like the mighty three recognized this guy for who he was. And they wanted to be like him because they figured if they could, the more they can be like him, the closer they can get to being like the three mighty men. You know what? We need some heroes of the faith today. And we do. Daddy, that's why you need to live for God. If you don't set the example, who will? I've got news for you. There's no way in this God's green earth that I can be a replacement for Daddy. 
in your children's spiritual needs, in the life of your children's spiritual needs. One sermon a week or a couple of sermons a month or three sermons a week or whatever your uh, level of commitment is to the church. And I'm not saying that derogatory, but no, and no matter how much or how little you're able to come and sit your children up under the anointed preaching of God's Word, that is not a substitute for daddy's need to be a spiritual hero in the home. They need a hero that they can live with and see as the real deal day in and day out. As far as they know, I could be a fake. They don't see enough of me to know whether I'm the same guy outside of the pulpit that I am in the pulpit. But they see you every single day of your life. And the most impactful person for them to see a real Christian in is the one that they live with. Because if you can love God when you're down and love God when you're up and when you can support the church when you're in agreement with them and you can support the church even when you don't agree with them and when you can be sweet to people when they're sweet to you and then you can be sweet to people when they're nasty to you, guess what? Your children will learn where their loyalty should lie. It should not lie in men, but it should lie in Christ our King. Amen. And they will become soldiers and mighty men themselves because you show them how to do it. So number seven, and lastly, mighty men are inspiring. They're inspiring. Mm. I want my life to inspire somebody to give their all for Jesus. And one of the ways that I try to do that is I try to give my all for Jesus. I try. I'm not the best at it. I've got a long way to go. I mess up almost every day of my life. No, let me back up. I, I mess up almost every minute of my life. But I'm trying to set an example, not just preach it from the pulpit, but live it out. Because when I grew up as a teenager, and I told my Bible to school because I love Jesus, and some of my classmates that went to churches didn't have the zeal for God that I had. I began to ask myself why. I don't get it. I don't know why people can't love Jesus like I love Jesus. And I began to figure out it was because they had hypocrites for parents. They would sing, oh, how I love Jesus on Sunday morning. Then they would cuss mama out on the way home because they got in an argument. Or they'd eat the preacher for lunch and give him and send him. You know, see what I'm saying? And because of the hypocrisy, they assumed that it was all just a show. Not realizing that just because there's fakes in the ministry doesn't mean there's the, not the real deal. And that's why we need to live an inspiring life in front of our kids, not just preach an inspirational sermon once or twice a month. These mighty men were inspirational because they were the real deal. They didn't just talk about what they could do. They went and did it. Amen. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. And listen, I as a pastor am called to inspire you to be your greatest for Jesus. The question is, are you inspirable? Are you inspirable? I believe many are. I, I'm concerned that some are not. I'm concerned that some will not be inspired. And I'm concerned that some are so dead spiritually that 
could never be inspired unless the Holy Spirit grips their heart and reveals them to, to them their need of salvation. And I want to say this, if I have failed to inspire you to be mighty for God, then I have failed as your spiritual influencer. There's nothing I'd rather do than to make a difference in your life to where maybe your walk with Jesus is a little bit tighter because of something I said or did that inspired you. I promise you that's what I live for. That's what I live for. And that's how singularly focused that I am. I'll give you this and I'll bring it to a close. Jesus came, He said, to do the works of His Father. Jesus said, I say only that which I see my Father do. He also taught that He did what His Father did. Jesus came already with an assignment from His Heavenly Father the which he should never veer off the path from. His sole obligation was to do the will of his Father. He brought not his own words. He did not his own deeds. Did you know the Bible said that Jesus learned obedience? Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Boy, I scratched my head. I'm thinking the, great, the greatest teacher of them all learning. I believe that word learned there is dealing as much with experience as anything. Because in heaven with his father, there was, I would imagine, no need to be obedient to an assignment with insurmountable obstacles because he was in heaven and in heaven it's all perfect and there's no sin. But when he was put down in the middle of the earth, he was given an assignment that would require great suffering. So through suffering, he learned and experienced for himself, the greatest teacher of them all, what it was like to be obedient to his heavenly Father in real ways. Are we any less than our Lord? Rather, are we any greater than our Lord? Are we any better than our Lord? Should we expect to be able to be obedient to God and it not cost us greatly? Should we also learn through suffering obedience to the commands of Christ? Should we not learn the fellowship of His suffering by being obedient to the degree that it cost us personally? And today people are in church not to see what they can invest in it, but what they can pull out of it. They're a gimme, gimme, gimme generation. What can the church do for me? And they'll uh, run a circuit of churches to find out which one has the, be the most benefits. And they'll join the one that they feel can invest the most into them. And God's looking for mighty men who will say, I'm not in it for what I can get out of it. I'm in it for what I can contribute to my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords, even if it drains me of my very last dime, yeah. drains me of my, all my time, drains me of my very last drop of blood, whatever it costs, because my King is worthy more than I could ever give Him. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give to Him. And yet we'll stroke our egos before we'll sacrifice and commit to obedience 
through cost and through suffering. Can I get an amen? So God, here's, here's the review. Mighty men are loyal to the king. Mighty men are men of action. Mighty men are men of commitment. Mighty men are men of defense. Mighty men are honorable men. Mighty men are aggressively courageous. And mighty men are inspiring and inspirable. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.